there's something about that feeling of home. There's something about when family comes together, there's that ease, there is that, that feeling that's indescribable. Yesterday when I was here, one of the things that I love about God's family is when God's family works together. There's just something about when you sweat together in humidity that was about 400%. But when you work together with God's people, I love that feeling. I love when we come together to worship. I love when we sit together and dreams come together. And it's amazing the way that God puts all of the pieces together. As I was praying this week, there was a story, an account in the Bible that got into my head. And I know that it will probably go into two sermons. And usually when God puts something in my head, he does so that there will be this gap week because there's going to be Father's Day coming up. But I said, God, I'm just going to throw down on this and we will see where it goes. And so today, I wanted to speak, and I hardly ever title things, but I guess I'll title this one, and I would title it, Find and Be. Find and Be. Have you ever heard of this person from the Bible? His name is Nabai. Nabai. Anyone? If you raise your hand, remember you're in church here. Okay, well, he is one of the 12 spies who were sent into the land. And you have heard this story before probably, and when you have, you probably haven't heard mention of that man's name. This story comes from Numbers chapters 13 and 14, and little Cliff Notes version, Moses is going to send spies into the land to bring back a report. This was land that they were going to take. And so Moses instructs, as God instructs him, God says, take 12 men, one from each tribe, that they may search out the land of Canaan. So from the onset, in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 13 of Numbers, you hear some things, and I pick up on them. In the first verse, it said that God spoke with Moses. God speaks to his people. That is not something that stays in Numbers. That's something that God speaks to his people. And if you listen, you can hear it pretty clearly. It goes on to say, go and search out this land which I give unto the children of Israel. Give, present tense. It's something that's happening right now. And he says, of every tribe, select one ruler to go. In Numbers 13, 17 through 20, Moses kind of lays out what he wants the people that go to bring this report back. The first thing he says is bring back a report of the land. The second thing is bring back a report of the people. And the third thing is bring back a report of the cities. So they go. They do as they're told. But before they do, he tells them two things. Number one, be of good courage. In other words, be courageous here. And the second thing, bring back some fruit. And it's funny because when I was... Writing that, my wife makes fun of me because when I make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, you ever see Scooby-Doo, how they made those sandwiches they had to tie with a string? That's kind of how I go with peanut butter and jelly. Like I have jelly dripping down my arm. And as I'm reading this, I'm just thinking of Moses saying to them, bring back those grapes. Daddy needs jelly. And so Moses sends them with those two things. 
And it says in verse 20, now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. And that wording hit me. I'm praying about it as I'm going through the week. In verse 25, it says, after 40 days, these 12 spies returned from searching the land. And what happens next is both a testament and it's a warning. A lot can happen in 40 days. A lot can happen. Think of the change in your own personal life that can happen in 40 days. I have seen people take great strides both forward and backward in 40 days. And there, before the congregation of Israel, those spies, when they came back, they displayed the cluster of grapes. Now, the grapes that are described were so heavy that it took two men to carry them to keep from dragging the ground. The men who were carrying the grapes were those very men that it said, those that are going to get that land which I give unto them. And is it's there before all the people, this testament of the greatness of that land. Some scholars say they weren't just huge bundles of grapes, they were huge grapes almost like plum size. And as they hold them, they say, man, that land, it does flow with milk and honey. What's wild is I think that it wasn't just about the display. I don't know if any of you have ever stolen a grape from the supermarket. Probably not, because you're very honest. But there was one time that I may have eaten some grapes at a supermarket. It's actually Dina, but I'm taking the blame for this. (laughs) You know when you taste something what is going on. Don't allow the enemy to rewrite your memory of things that you have personally experienced. Don't allow him to get in and start rewriting things that you know that you know. Back in about 1988, I went to Chicago to visit Darren. And when I did, I had Giordano's for the first time. And you know what? It was perfect. And years later, I went to Florida. And we look outside our hotel, and I see a Giordano sign. And I said to her, it can't be. And it was. And I had it again, and it was perfect. I've had it in Columbus, perfect. And I've had it in Canton, perfect. No one can tell me Giordano's doesn't taste good. I mean, I'll fight. It's that serious. I love Giordano's. The good things remain good. Quit letting the enemy get in your ear and chirping and say, maybe it wasn't that good. Maybe your experience was tainted by this or that. Here's my statement to you. Faith is a choice. Standing there holding those grapes, looking at the people and saying, it is a land that surely flows with milk and honey. And then they add something to it. They add this word. But right there is what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to take the story and then he wants you to place a comma there and say, but in their case, they said the words nonetheless because they were a lot fancier speaking than we are. We're a lot more brief now. But in verses 28 to 29, they follow up that nonetheless with, but the people are strong. The cities are walled and they are very great. We saw people that were related to giants there. Then 
as if they took a map out, they looked in every direction and could name an enemy that was going to be a huge problem for them if they were to go ahead. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever been in a place where someone that is your trusted friend is trying to pick you up out of the mully grubs and you have a problem for every solution? I've been there. Have you ever been there? I wouldn't say if you have been, but okay. And I wonder when it comes to things like that, when we start throwing down these problems, how does God feel about it? Well, you know where I would find out I could ask God? I could go to God's word. And in Luke 6.45, it says this, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. And then it goes on to say, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whoa. The Amplified says the intrinsically good man produces what is good and honorable and moral out of the good treasure which is stored in his heart. And the evil man produces that which is wicked and depraved out of the evil in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of that heart. Now, as I'm reading that, I'm thinking, but God, what about the gray area? What about when I'm having an off day? Factor that in, God. My feelings don't define who he is. When I'm in the mully grubs, it doesn't define who he is. Hold on, i got to fix this and cough. <coughs> Sorry, everyone. I don't know if I moved it far enough away. It wasn't loud to me. As this happens, Caleb stands up. You have these ten people given this terrible report. And it says that Caleb stands up and he stills the people. Hmm. It reminds me of the words of Isaiah 48, 18. It said, if you would heed my commandments, says the Lord, then your peace would have been like a river, your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Right now, you are pouring something out. Right now, something is flowing from you, whether you know it or not, whether you want it to or not. When God's man or God's woman comes onto the scene, there is a peace that surrounds them. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever had someone that you know that you know when they come in the room, things are going to come down a little? That's what he calls us to be. That's who he calls you to be. And what's wild is when Caleb stands up, he doesn't get out a checklist and say, well, I noticed that you said the walls were like this and the people. No, he simply says, in my vernacular, let's roll. He looks at the people, and he's not going through the things. It says in the Bible, now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. And Caleb says, let us go at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Now, at this time, this whole idea that faith is something that we're going to turn over this egg timer and we're going to be like, God... I want to speak in the boldness to say, I know who my father is. I know what he is capable of. And I am calling it now. I am speaking faith now to the situations that I'm looking at. Because faith will always add the word now to the statement. Faith will say at once. Faith will say, you are a son or a daughter of the king. Speak like you are. Behave like you are. In defining moments, you will either double down on your faith or you will double down on your doubt. But here's what hit me as I was writing that. Every single moment is a defining moment. And we tend to think of it like we get these practice areas of our lives. 
But every moment is defining what's going to follow. That 40 days that they were there, I'm sure they all started out with good attitudes. But by the end, they were all scared, except for those who saw the truth. In 40 days, you could become a pillar that you never thought you'd be. In 40 days, you could become a memory if you wanted to. Spiritually speaking, God is saying, step up. I had said to my wife the other day, we were talking, and I said, it's so wild because people always say, what will it take for true revival to break out? For God's people to step into places that they've never been. And for a lot of churches, you know what it didn't take? It didn't take a hundred-year pandemic. I'm just being real. The, an opportunity that was gifted to many of God's people in a way to see him differently, to bring it together where it used to be, to run like you've never run before, was met with the opposite effect. What will it take for revival to break out? It's going to take the Caleb's to stand up. It's going to take those people who know to stand up regardless of who is sitting down. Faith will always take things deeper, but so will doubt. There's this thing, and I like outdoor things. When there's a fire and you're building a fire, if you see a spark or a small flame, do you know what you do? You add fuel and you start giving fans to the flame. That's what you do. And I'm telling you, if there's something in your life that you know that you know Jesus is involved, fan that. If you see something in someone else's life, fan that. They may say, get away from me. I don't want that right now. And you'd be like, nope, nope. Nope, I'm fanning it. You can't stop me. The other day, I saw someone, and it was something online, and someone said, I'll pray for you. And they said, I do not authorize you to pray for me. I do not consent to your prayer. Well, I'm going to pray double. The 10 spies in verses 31 and 32 says we can't go up against them. They are stronger than us. And the Bible specifically at this point, it's a tipping point, And it says at that point, their report was known as an evil report. So God's people can give evil reports. We can get to a point where we talk so much garbage that we're not saying good things anymore. And when we get to that point, we need to have the Caleb's who are going to stand up and who aren't going to argue and bicker, right? In the social media age of, I must share my opinion. No, you must not. In this age, sometimes you just got to stand up and say what God has said. Other people may be barking. You may be, hey, that's your circus. But I'm saying what God's saying. So as they do this, as that report goes evil, there is no gray area there. There was no off-day exemption for them. And they continue. They said, and now their story's getting crazier, the land actually eats up its inhabitants. Well, that's a new one. Because you'd think if you saw that, you would say that first, right? Because that's not something you see every day. I wouldn't be saying how tall people are if the ground was eating people up. All the people are really tall. So now all the people got tall. Hey, welcome to my world. <laughs> and the giants, they're the meanest ones ever. So now they're in this fearful place. And so what's wild is one of the best scriptural descriptions of what doubt does in your life comes here. 
We were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Do you know why that's a lie? Because if you're a spy, they weren't walking around and no one was looking at them because that defeats the purpose of being a spy. They were hidden, scoping things out. No one came up to them as like, look at you, short man. I mean, people say it to me, right? But they weren't to them because they were hidden. But that's how it gets in your head. You start imagining things that didn't even happen. Like you're having conversations with these people. They didn't have conversations. It's time to find your Caleb. Everyone has that capability. Find your Caleb and be the Caleb. What do I mean by that? I mean, in your circle of friends, if you are with people who mirror your bad attitude, that's not a good setup. I'm just being straight. I can have a bad attitude all on my own. I don't need help. But be the Caleb when you're in a situation that calls for it. It's the most difficult thing. Imagine him in that moment. He could have just agreed. He could have just kept his mouth shut. But he didn't. Surround yourself with people who speak life and you need to speak life. When the devil is trying to place a comma and then a nonetheless in the situation, you do what faith tells you to do and end the sentence and add the word now. The more you fan the flame, the greater it can become, whether it's good or whether it's evil. Spend your time fanning the good things. I've heard this saying that the devil's in the details. The older I get, I'm learning that the devil is in the declaration. That the things that we speak is almost as if we doubt who God really is and we add in this plan B before it even comes out of our mouth fully. The ultimate goal of the devil is to trick you into defining yourself by what is not true. His goal is to kick back in the lounge chair and to watch you define yourself. Check them out how deceived I got them. He wants you to rehearse the script that he hands you so well that you're in character 24-7. God wants to hand you the truth. God wants you to look at yourself the way that he sees you. He wants you, even when you're outnumbered, to speak that God truth, to share the God perspective, to not waver. As twisted as it may sound, there is comfort sometimes in being miserable with the 80%. They say misery loves company, so there must be love in that mix, right? And when you're looking at a mess, you're thinking to yourself, really, what's one more buzzard circling the carcass? That is not a walk. That is not a walk, and it is time. When I watch those nature specials, what's funny is when all the buzzards and all the wild dogs and hyenas, and they all do their thing, and they're around to kill. Do you know what happens? When the lion runs in, everything scatters. And whatever may seem dead, whatever may seem done, Whatever may seem, just get out of the way and let the scavengers pick. God is going to run into a situation and it's going to blow your mind the way that things scatter. You must believe it. 
We can't just sit around and look at other people's stories because a personal God is looking to do the same in our lives. I was thinking about this as I read that. Would I have the courage to stand up like Caleb did? Because the story goes on. I mean, these were people back then, when you agreed with them, great. When you disagreed with them, somebody grabbed the stones. We don't like this guy. It was a short story for you. There's a land that has been promised to me and to you. There is a street in glory where Jesus Christ is building a mansion right now for you. There is a book where your name is written. There is a piece that's not a pep talk, but it is knowledge and fact that flows from a throne. And I'm going to begin to live and to conquer accordingly. And I want it to begin now. And so when I ask you, when it comes to yourself, what do you see? What do you say? If we were to back up in the past week, have you been just talking negatively about yourself? Would you talk negatively about Jesus? Oh, no. Well, why? Well, he's God's son. He's a savior. Well, you're God's son or daughter too. You can't go around bad-mouthing yourself because the world's looking at that. They're saying, look at that Christian. Look at that delivered one. And then listen to what they say. Do they even know who they are? And when you say to them, come to my church, come hang around my friends, come listen to what this is all about, they'll be like, yeah, right. That's messed up. What do you see and what do you say? Is it the report of the two or the report of the ten? Today, find your Caleb, be the Caleb. And a Caleb spirit says, I will not remain here. Wherever there is, I'm not staying there. If you are in a place that has been dark, it's a now thing to step out of it. If you're in a place where you've had no direction, let's stop that. It's a now place where you're going to go into the new things. In describing yourself, sometimes maybe we need to hear what God says about us. I'm going to close in a moment, and I want to end with these declarations. These are things that were on a sheet. I know Pastor Nip has had some before. These may be on his. But someone needs a reminder. Someone needs to know what God thinks of them. You are God's child, John 1.12. You're assured that all things work together for the good, Romans 8.28. You are a citizen of heaven, Philippians 3.20. You have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, 2 Timothy 1.7. You are born of God and the evil one can't touch you, 1 John 5, 18. You are given God's glorious grace lavishly, without restriction, Ephesians 1, 5, and 8. You have purpose, Ephesians 1, 9. You have hope, Ephesians 1, 12. You are a minister of reconciliation to the lost, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and 20. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places, Ephesians 2.6. You are God's workmanship, Ephesians 2.10. You have peace, Ephesians 2.14. You are secure, Ephesians 2.20. You are a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 2.22. You can approach God with freedom and with confidence, Ephesians 3.12. You've been called, Ephesians 4.1 and 2. You can forgive Oh, pause on that one. Ephesians 4.32. 
You have that power. Stop allowing the past to bind you. You have the power in Jesus' name to forgive. You can stand firm in the day of evil, Ephesians 6.13. You're dead to sin, Romans 1.12. You're not alone, Ephesians 13.5. You are growing, Colossians 2.7. You are not in want, Philippians 4.19. You are victorious, 1 John 5.4. You are set free, Romans 8.2. You are a light to this dark world, Matthew 5.14. You are more than a conqueror, Romans 8.37. You are safe, 1 John 5.18. You are healed from sin, 1 Peter 2.24. You are no longer condemned, Romans 8.1. You are overcoming, 1 John 4.4. Persevering, Philippians 3.14. Protected, John 10.28. Born again, 1 Peter 1.23. And you are a new creation in Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17. That is who you are. There is no question. There is nothing that can steal that because Jesus Christ means what he says. If you'll stand. Today, in finding your Caleb, have the boldness in the moments that will follow this to open your mouth. One thing that makes the whole room uncomfortable is when a Christian will correct another Christian or baby Christian right in front of everybody and, and like it's this weird moment, right? Caleb didn't take that chance. You know what Caleb did? Caleb took what was negative and began to speak the life right to it, right there. So as things come up this week, instead of finding a pedestal and climbing up and being like, Maybe just stand on flat ground and say what God has said. Maybe just be that blessing, that salt and light in that moment. And that's what God's calling you to do. Find your Caleb. Let's pray. Father, the places that you are going to take us as a family, I pray that we would go courageously. I pray that we would see it for what it is and in the moments when it is time to speak life, Lord, if we feel outnumbered, let us shout life. And Father, when it seems dark, let me describe you. Do not let my eyes turn to whatever I might see in the moment, but let me know that hope and future is out here in the name of Jesus Christ.